Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mr. McHale's Manor of Mischief, Magic, and Mystery. I am your host, Andrew McHale, and welcome back to the 6M Podcast. We are on episode 7 after a little break. I know some of you guys have been asking where the hell I've been, what I've been up to, why I've been so quiet, and hopefully this podcast will break the silence that you all have been waiting for to be broken. Sounds good? Sounds good to me. So without further ado, let's get some announcements out of the way so we can head right into this meaty podcast. The first announcement goes for you, the listener of this podcast. Chances are if you're hearing this, then this applies to you, so please listen closely. I have been getting some emails from my distributor, my online distributors, um, aka wherever you're listening to this from, and basically what I need you guys to do is, whether in one take or in increments, if you guys are listening to the podcast, please do me the favor and listen to the full episode if you can. Like I said, if you cannot, try and finish it off whenever you get a time, uh, a chance. Other than that, please rate and subscribe the podcast as well. That will not only show that you guys are engaged, but also interested in the podcast enough to you know rate or comment about the uh, whatever this show is about or your thoughts on the show, whatever, pretty much. And um, that also will tell my distributors or the algorithms or whatever that this podcast is worth a damn because honestly, you know, we're at episode seven and I really thought that this show would not have many listeners whatsoever. But honestly, like this is actually going pretty well and i would like to see where it can go considering that this this is all a part of a grand plan and this podcast is not going anywhere as far as you know canceling it or whatever because this is all going to help bolster another aspect of my profile or portfolio or fucking forgive me for saying this but uh brand so i i would really love the support i know a lot of you guys are casual listeners but if we can push over that little cliff and get you guys as uh subscribers supporters whatever you want to call it fans uh that would not only help me with the podcast but it's going to help Uh, what's to come as well. So that's it for podcast announcements. And now it's time to read some homemade ads uh, because this podcast at this very moment does not have a show sponsor yet, being that it is at the juncture that it is currently. So for those of you listening for the first time, 
You know, I'm the, I guess you could say, owner of True Media Music, the guitarist and vocalist songwriter for Serpents US, which is a symphonic black metal, death metal, whatever band. And I usually take this time to just uh, plug a little bit of what's going on. And big news so far, you know, today the podcast uh, is dropping on February 2nd. And for anybody who has been following Serpents for about 10 years, they might already tell you that, you know, February is kind of jokingly considered Serpents Month because we usually do a lot of big announcements or drop some songs or shit, even albums in February of every year because of this next little fact I'm going to drop right now. February 3rd, which is tomorrow, is actually the 10-year anniversary of the inception of the band, uh, where it started, uh, because 10 years ago today, on the 2nd, is the day I officially had left Oceano, and on the 3rd is the day... um, That news went public, and I was already working on this project, which at the time was untitled, and it became to be Serpents. So, a year later, in 2011, we dropped uh, the Monumental Disillusionment uh, on AOL's Noise Creep, which was about nine years ago. And ever since then, we usually try and hit on the third uh, a big announcement or whatever. And this year will be no different. And considering that you guys are going to be listening to the podcast uh, and not anything else, I like to, I guess, reward uh, such... I don't know what you would call it loyalty to, you know, what I'm doing here. So the least I can do is give you guys a little bit of an exclusive announcement because uh, tomorrow the news should be starting to spread uh, worldwide and through a lot of different media outlets. Big news for those of you who have been waiting since 2013 for repressing of our first album, uh, Born of Ishtar. Now, a lot of people have been buying the these uh, CDs through, I guess, trading groups or eBay or whatever, and they've been spending a crazy amount of money for like, you know, secondhand or even bootleg versions of the album. But here's the difference. This is going to be announced tomorrow that we are going to be releasing a pre-order for the Serpents Born of Ishtar uh, reimagined vinyl. So this is going to be a record, a vinyl record. And uh, I changed the track listing just a little bit. I had to quote-unquote reimagine it. Uh, the way I 
pretty much wanted it. So it's like a director's cut, pretty much. Does that make sense? You know, using the same footage, but in a different sequence. So it kind of makes a little bit more sense to my original vision. So that's the same thing with uh, the vinyl. You know, the track listing's a little bit different, but I didn't re-record, you know, any of the songs. And uh, it has a different album art different album covers so it's a limited edition uh vinyl 100 only will be printed i stand by that i'm not going to try this again i'm not going to do different colors variations when i say this is it this is it so if you guys want head over to weareserpents.bandcamp.com and order yours now The reason why I do a pre-order, by the way, is mainly because I also need to help fundraise for things that are actually happening at the same time as these merch drops. So when I say it's a pre-order or whatever, and I need your guys' help, if this is something you guys want, if this vinyl is something you guys want, please jump on it. Because not only does it show us that, okay, there's a demand for this item, maybe we should try this and this, but it also helps fund the actual item itself along with, you know, whatever funds I can pull from not even working, but like, you know, doing freelance work here, you know, some of you may know. I produce bands, I do the podcast, I do designs, I do all kinds of stuff. Uh, So I don't have a job, I don't work, but, you know, I'm paying for this stuff out of my own pocket. Now, with that being said, some of you might have already ordered, you know, or pre-ordered some of those winter winter merch items that were on pre-sale a few months or about a month ago. And, you know, orders were pretty slow for them, um, which is a bummer because I was actually really excited about uh, releasing those items, the hoodie and the long sleeve. So being that we didn't have many orders, you know, I uh, really, really tried to push, push, push. And uh, I ended up uh, reaching out to our merch company, uh, Merch Now, who have been amazing, amazing, amazing to us for many years. I think about maybe even nine years now. And, um, you know, times are changing. The industry is changing. The economy is fluctuating. So in return, a lot of these companies that, you know, had more approachable rates for a DIY band or whatever, um, you know, they're, they have to adapt to survive, obviously. So, you know, once we hit a certain amount of pre-orders, I said, okay, I'm just going to match this and uh, get the items printed myself. I did that in hopes to shed some of the cost and go an alternative route from Merch Now, which I know, I know I shouldn't have done. But uh, I really wanted to make you guys happy. And now that you know the fact that I have these vinyls coming out with 
again, no backing yet. Um, that's a lot of money coming out of my own pocket, let alone some of the other things that are happening that you guys don't even know about yet, all coming from my pocket. And um, before you guys, you know, scratch your head and ask, you know, uh, well, aren't there other guys in the band, this and that? Those guys contribute enough um, with their presence and their ideas and their companionship. And whenever there is something that we need to, uh, I guess rally together and buy you know like a you know, like a music video or stage stuff or whatever those guys are more than willing to contribute and that you know i really appreciate and uh, value them you know not only for their contributions to this project like on an emotional level but also sometimes financially but there's some things that I shouldn't bother them with because, you know, we're not making money that they're not making money. This is, this is like a 10 year long passion project. And, uh, I don't, I don't believe in bothering them for the money because they don't have it. And if they do, I would hope that they would offer up, you know, some sort of whatever, if they had the money, but, I'm not expecting them to do such a thing because we're all hurting, you know? So I don't even know where I was going. Oh yeah. The merch. Um, so I went alternative route. I, uh, checked out, you know, Reddit. I'm a big Redditor lurker and, uh, you know, I saw a website being brought up here and there and, um, I'm not going to name drop the website because, you know, I don't want anybody diving in. I don't want anybody poking the company or reporting them and shit. Um, let me just say, if it sounds like a fake company or whatever, probably look into it. Look into their reviews. I will tell you this company had mixed reviews, but they were not in an accredited uh, Better Business Bureau uh, organization. Um and, you know, I put in a lot of money, hundreds and hundreds of dollars to fulfill uh, just the clothing part of the merch. And uh, in the middle of the night, I get an email saying, hey, your order's canceled due to suspicious uh, purchase. Uh, we can redo it if you'd like. If you send your ID your credit card information, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I immediately was sketched out because, I, you know, what company is emailing you this stuff hours later at two in the morning? And when I looked at my bank, my bank statement, I was missing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, by a company that I never bought from. So not only were they using a different name, but they took my money, didn't return it yet, and uh, they're asking me to redo the transaction. And, you know, I kind of had to take inventory here and 
dive in deeper into the uh, company, so to speak. And, you know, I looked on their Instagram and shit, and I found out basically that I had just gotten scammed out of hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So as you would do, as I did, I called my bank immediately and, uh, you know, froze my card. And thankfully, I had one other card, right? Guess what? Uh, Two days later, and keep in mind, I'm currently living off of one card. Two days later, I get a, you know, a, a, a goof, uh, what is it? A goof charge from Netflix on my credit card. Here's the, here's the funny part. I don't have Netflix. I don't pay for Netflix. I, I don't know how this happened. So I call my bank, get that taken care of. Well, it's still uh, still in the air, just like the other charge. So they're still pending. But now both of my cards are frozen. I have no money. I have no way to make money or whatever. So it's kind of a shitty time. And I pulled the plug on the merch Uh, that's why I'm kind of getting into all this. I'm sorry, guys, if this is taking so long, but, uh, I did send an email to everybody who pre-ordered the winter merch. Please read your emails. Uh, I get too many, uh, texts, direct messages, whatever, you know, asking me on specifics for it. Please just read the email and respond accordingly. I'm trying to hook you guys up. Uh, everybody who ordered the winter merch, basically what I did is I canceled the winter merch and I said, okay, since you guys shown your support so early in a time where, you know, there nobody was supporting, I am sending you guys a free copy of the vinyl autographed if you like for free. So, if you ordered the winter merch, look at your emails and let me know if you want to take advantage of getting one copy of the 100 vinyls of our most popular and requested and hard to find album. So, I really, really hope some of you guys take advantage and uh, call dibs on one of these vinyls, okay? <sighs> so, I'm going to keep going. One more announcement. Uh, check out our Spotify. We got a really cool playlist up there. We fe- we're featuring, it's called uh, EBY Metal at Renee ZZ. Fucking, honestly, like no joke, I've been listening to this playlist and, uh, Renee ZZ, I guess is I don't know how you would say it. Uh, really big Instagrammer, YouTuber. He used to be in a deathcore band, I guess. Really nice guy. I talked to him, you know, because anybody who puts us on like a notable Spotify playlist, I usually personally like reach out to them and thank them for supporting us when they don't have to. So it really means a lot. Um, 
to me that he did that. So I'm featuring his podcast or his playlist on our official Spotify page. So if you guys want, please head over to Spotify, check out the playlist at our uh, page at Serpents US. Again, Serpents US, while you're there, do me a favor, fucking follow the band, listen to some songs all the way through, stop doing this fucking five second listen, then click or whatever. I get it. My songs are like fucking 10 minutes sometimes. I wrote it for you to listen, to vibe with, to fucking forget about everything else going on around you and dive in. Each song is a world to dive into, okay? I created them for you. All you have to do is take the ride. So help me help you. Check it out on Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. Follow us. Listen to some music. While you're at it, head to weareserpents.bandcamp.com. Pick up a CD. Pick up a vinyl. Pick up a t-shirt. I've got a lot of them. I've got a lot of shit. I've got one tarot card deck left. So if you want to grab some stuff, head to that at our head to our band camp. I'm not going to repeat the link because I'm sure you guys are banging your heads on your steering wheel or desks. And also follow us on Facebook at We Are Serpents, uh, Twitter at We Are Serpents, Instagram at Serpents Metal, and that's it for the serpents ads okay hopefully that wasn't too bad i know i kind of went on a rant there so it was kind of an ad kind of a fucking announcement and also ah, i don't know things have been pretty crazy if you're listening to this podcast later on you probably are listening to these episodes on uh like on a row or whatever but, you know, I haven't done an episode in two weeks because two weeks ago on this day was the last day of uh, Winter Nam in Anaheim, California, for those of you who don't know where that is. And the week after Nam, not only was that a kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a... Uh, depressing or <laughs> i mean i'll be honest with you guys since that's what this fucking podcast is all about yeah i was pretty depressed after nam um but i guess the easiest way to say it is uh and i keep fucking saying that is that uh you know uh d de- oh my god what the decompressing decompressing that's what you would call it either way you know i spent uh, a week kind of coming down from the craziness that was my first nam uh, i would like to thank esp guitars um seymour duncan uh steinberg cubase uh line six yamaha uh dunlop waves SIT, Strings, Ernie Ball, Tune Track, Mesa Boogie, uh, Mission Engineering, and uh, I think that's about it. 
my bad. Oh, and Omega cabs or Omega enclosures, uh, Fortin, Solar. Everybody was so nice, so approachable, so knowledgeable. And to be honest with you, I did not expect uh, some, I mean, some of the treatment I received while at NAM, I did expect. But for the most part, I was humbled and thankful for the opportunity not only to represent ESP guitars but also to I don't know it's 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 hard to explain you know um you're walking on the floor and next thing you know and this happened you know I was in the shore booth uh, in the basement where all the pro audio stuff is go figure right all of us fucking audio nerds have to be stuck in the basement with no light but, um, you know, I went down there and I was talking to the, some people at Waves, uh, they, I had a great experience with, uh, I think his friend, wow, I think his name is Nicholas, yeah, I don't want to get his, Nicholas, good guy, sorry if I name dropped you there, I feel like I just fucked up. Oh, yeah, by the way, shout out to Enki Cases as well. I don't know the guy I was talking to. What's his name? Is it David? I don't know. Either way, you know, I was at the Shore booth talking shit, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a avid Sennheiser user. I used to be a sales manager for Sennheiser. So, you know, I was kind of mulling around the booth, the Sennheiser booth, and... uh they had all this like contemporary pop rock country stuff uh our bands playing and they were the only guys pretty much in like full-blown suits and they were running around like a bunch of executives and this and this and this and this and i'm looking at them and i'm like i used to be part of this team and one way or the other and uh i wasn't vibing it you know, I've, I have a couple friends at Sennheiser currently, and I love them for, you know, supporting me, but they would never, they would never support a blackened death metal artist or whatever. A lot of those brands don't do that, you know, because our genre is not marketable enough. But, you know, I'm standing there in the booth trying to get the attention of, you know, certain people. And, you know, I'm being ignored, stared at, and keep in mind, it's a busy booth, but, you know, I, I look the way I do, I dress the way I dress, and, you know, I really got a bad vibe about that, and uh, this, it comes up to my next point, um, and I know I was talking about <laughs> the Sure booth, okay, so let, let me just speed through this, I'm so sorry, guys, it's been a while since I've talked to you. Um, so basically I'm at the Sure booth talking shit about Chicago cause you know, Sure is from Chicago. So I'm schmoozing, schmoozing at the Sure booth about Chicago. A lot of sh. And next thing you know, I see Devin Townsend and, and he's all, you know, bundled up. You, you would barely recognize him because of how he was dressed and covered. And you know, um, I basically walked up to him and I was like, hey, you know, like I was with my lady 
And I told him, uh, you know, hey, you know, we're excited to see you because I'm going to be seeing him in Chicago on the Empath Tour, uh, which is going to be fucking amazing. I got that, uh, got tickets as a Christmas present, so I'm really excited. But, you know, we talked to him and oddly enough, he's like, do I recognize you from somewhere? Do I know you from somewhere? I said, oh yeah, you know, we were actually supposed to work together. And oddly enough, I told him the story and he, he knew, he remembered. And um, he was super nice. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, w- I wouldn't have asked for a picture in a million years, but thankfully he was cognizant enough to be like, hey man, you want a picture? I'm like, fuck yeah. So I took the picture shook his hand, told him how much certain words he said over the years have really resonated with me as an artist or podcaster or whatever. And, you know, he was really nice about it. And that was probably the nicest, genuine, whatever exchange I had at NAM. And, you know, I've saw a bunch of friends and a bunch of friends in bigger bands and, you know, old, you know, tour buddies. And I'm, just talking to Devin and like what stature he is in our community, our scene and how he acted compared to some of the others. I was like, man, that's who I want to be. That's what I want to be like, you know? And I got the cold shoulder from a few people. And honestly, I ran into some enemies at Nam and We had face-to-face conversations, and I don't think they're enemies anymore. If they want to still hold a grudge against me or hold a a grudge against me for associating with people or whatever, but not, like, mad at me personally, whatever. I'm cool. If you're cool, I'm cool. You know who you you are. Let's let's leave it at that. Um, But... Now, let me get back to that Sennheiser, whatever story. And I'm not just picking on Sennheiser, but the whole weekend, the whole fucking weekend, I was getting looked at like I was scum by some of these like executive types. And I don't know if you guys remember, but I have this weird thing with authority or whatever. And whether I was at the hotel which was kind of nearby the convention center. Like I got a pretty good hotel right by, um, whatever. But on the way to Nam, coming from Nam, while inside of Nam, while trying to get lunch at Nam, while doing this, I'm getting dirty looks from these old suits that represent, you know, this company, that company, this company. And it really, it really, uh, not only chapped my ass because, you know, I'm like, you don't know me. I'm, I used to be a corporate guy and I still am at heart. I like, I like business. I like the grind. That's a common, I guess, misconception about me is like oh he's black metal diy like but i love business i love the hustle i love the highs and the lows that come with business or sales or whatever so 
if they would have asked me, you know, what are you doing here? Okay, yeah, I'm uh, representing this and this. Oh, okay. What what else? What else you do? You know, I could have I could have played it off and rubbed shoulders with these fucking people, but they didn't give me the chance to do so. Whether in the elevator, whatever, like they were, they looked at me like I was scum. And my lady will uh, tell you otherwise because she thinks I'm a paranoid fucking nut job. And granted, I was on a lot of edibles and other goodness while in California, which was, which made that totally worse, by the way. Totally worse. There were some times I was really high and I would go downstairs to pick up like my Uber Eats or whatever and uh, or just like a Coke from the vending machine and I would get into these conversations with strangers and I'm wearing like fucking pajamas and they're in suits and I felt I had such panic because I was like what if they know who I am what if they tell on me and it's just like dude weed is legal like whatever man like I don't know it was pretty funny but back to my point and i swear i'll wrap this point up with this next uh statement here is this the statement is simple okay granted you represent a nice company you dress nice you came you came to the big show but remember these remember these words businessman you might make these products, these instruments, these whatever, speakers, plugins, whatever. But you're always going to need people to use it. Correct? Correct. So you might have the power, you might have the money, you might have the know-how, whatever. But your products will never be shit if people don't use it. Now, whether if it's me, whether if it's the next guy, whatever, that shouldn't be up to you. You should know everybody is a potential customer. Everybody is a potential endorser. Everybody has potential. Now, if you look at me like I'm a scumbag and I secretly play or love your products and actually advocate for your products on the public forum, you should probably be a little bit nicer just to people in general. I don't care if you're having a rough day. You do the same thing when you walk on the sales floor. Everything you've got in your heart, you leave that shit in the car. You put your fucking suit on, that's your game face. You walk on the floor, you better fucking show everybody some love if you want to succeed at your job. Because guess what? You show me love, I'm going to sit there and go, damn, like those guys are really fucking cool. I would love to represent them and their company. Now, granted, my stature, so to speak, fluctuates now i have a podcast i have a band 
I'm working on something at this very moment, which is why another reason why I'm playing catch up is I'm working on something big. I'm working on a big pivot. Now, a lot of you might hear that word and think, I think he's done. I think he's done with something, whatever. I am preparing to make a big move this month. Big for me, not so much for you guys, but you will notice a change, a pivot in focus in whatever um, very soon. When that pivot happens, and I hope that good things happen from it, a lot of those people that treated me like shit or uh, basically just brushed me off, even in conversation, I'll remember that. And that's just me. Imagine all the other people you do that to. Starts to add up, doesn't it? A lot of people start thinking about you and then they go, oh yeah, he worked for that brand. Fuck that guy. Fuck that. Fuck that company. These guys were way cooler. Blah, 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 blah. So I know that's a little bit of a rant and super ominous, but you know, it's, it's true. And if everyone else is scared to say it, you know, based on fear for their own connections or endorsements or industry blowbang that usually occurs, cool. Refer back to this podcast if you're too chicken shit to speak up for yourself because I don't, I'm not taking that. No, thank you. You treat me with respect as you would treat a customer. And if you don't treat customers with respect, get the fuck out of here. Go fucking, instead of going to a convention or a conference that, you know, really, it is a retail conference. I get it. You're trying to sell your products, but badge or no badge, you do not know who has buying power. And that's the thing, you know, now would I change some rules about Nam, of course, or Nam, to be honest with you, I would only do public, uh, public showings one day, one day out of the four days, just because of how chaotic it is with people trying to handle business or people just simply trying to walk around and kind of schmooze with their friends and whatnot or let alone professionals trying to try out instruments or whatever in a nice manner you know you got a lot of the guys from the public thinking it's guitar center sitting on an amp or whatever for fucking how long and it's like okay you know so those are some things i would change about my experience at now other than that i had a great fucking time you know, my bass player, uh, Jake, and my guitarist, Miles, also uh, ended up at NAMM. They were actually going first. I ended up, uh, you know, I saw that and I was like, oh shit, let's, let's fucking, let's get a trip with the boys. 
you know, unfortunately our drummer, John, uh, couldn't make it, you know, he's a dad, he works a real job, you know, uh, we like to pick at him a little bit for his, uh, unavailableness, but I love him. I love the boys, Miles and Jake. And, uh, it was a really fucking cool time to spend, you know, not gigging or preparing for a gig. It was nice to hang out with those guys. We got some nice fish tacos. We had, uh, some good smoke. Uh, and then that also marked the end of, uh, (laughs) the end of an era for some unhealthy eating habits of mind, of mine. And, uh, you know, we kind of went really ham. Well, my lady and I, the other guys, uh, I don't know what they did, but, you know, if you saw any of us in Nam and said hello, I honestly really appreciate you for doing so. Um, it is quite the crazy uh, atmosphere over there. So it was really nice to, like, have a couple people be like, hey, you're Andrew, right? And I was like, yes. Ah, you know, this and this and this. I love your work, blah, blah, blah. Can I have a pick? And I was like, dude, you don't know how much that means to me. Granted, I know I might look like I have resting bitch face and I had on my, like, cloak thing. and But without friends or listeners or whatever, you know, who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I with it? You know? So I really appreciated the people who uh, took a break and said hello to me, whether big band or not big band. Uh, really, really, really means a lot to me. And it was quite an eye-opening experience in more ways than one. So it was nice. But uh, aside from that, you know, took a little trip. I uh, went to Manhattan Beach, I think. I wanted to show my lady Manhattan Beach and Venice Beach. So we went over there. Venice Beach was crazy as always. Uh, I don't think I've ever been to Venice Beach and it wasn't <laughs> wasn't weird. Or I also haven't been to Venice Beach and have not been offered a mixtape. So fucking awesome. <laughs> It reminds me of home, you know, you're walking down the street. Somebody's like, Hey, listen to this. And you know, I, 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 don't, I don't carry cash or anything, but they're like, no, 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 here, take this, take this, take this CD. And, uh, I'm like, I know, I know what's up, man. <laughs> they usually give you the CD and they're like, yeah, man, this and this and this. They're like, any donation is cool. And then you're you're standing there with the CD and you're dude, it's a great sales tactic. I I gotta give it to him. But I was straight up like, nope, nope, don't want it, don't want it. And they looked kind of offended, but I know, I know how it goes. Shit, my guitar player Miles on the way out of Nam, uh, you know, God, I don't believe in God, but God bless his heart. You know, he's a nice guy. If you guys have met Miles, you'll know he's the nicest guy of all time. Uh, as long as he has coffee and Kratom. Same thing with me, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he kind of got stuck 
with one of those guys and you know they're going back and forth back and forth so i started yelling in a foreign language you know like you know like shit like that i'm like yelling at him to come on and uh i kind of we kind of got him out of the situation but you know i think he gave him one final hey man no thank you i'm broke i'm a musician (laughs) Uh, maybe the next guy will buy it, but you know, we're all broke pretty much. If you see a musician, we're pretty much broke, but, um, yeah, man, like we went, uh, went to Venice beach. Uh, I took her to a nice drive in Hollywood, uh, ate at Mel's diner. For those of you that know, it's kind of popular, just kind of just like a straight up American old school diner. It's right across the street, well, pretty much from the Whiskey A Go Go, the Rainbow, a bunch of other places. So, had the worst service there and uh, got pretty upset because of all the uh, pent up aggression and uh, disdain I had built up from Nam. <laughs> but, uh, you know, had a horrible experience service wise, but the food was good. And, uh, then we went on to our hotel at uh, downtown, which again, being that it was California, I had such easy access to beautiful, beautiful uh, assortments of marijuana. We are at the top floor of uh, a known nice upscale hotel, and I'm high as shit laying in bed and I start having like a mild panic attack because I was like, uh, oh shit, what if there's an earthquake? I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Do I run out naked? Do I, do we run downstairs? Are we going to make it downstairs? All these thoughts. Then I started thinking about coronavirus because that it was like fresh. And, uh, you know, it says like Wuhan, China. And if you ever go to Nam, you'll see there's a lot of like Asian businessmen or companies from Asia or even China. Hell, I think even the symbol company Wuhan, I I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, please. I, I mean, is Wuhan from China? I know they make China's symbols, <laughs> but, uh. I started having a panic attack. I'm like, what if we got infected? What if this fuck, what if there's an earthquake? What if, what if the plane were to crash on the way home? And what if, you know, what if, what if, what if? So eventually I got some sleep. We, you know, went for a little walk uh, before it was time to go back to LAX, which as you guys may know, can be quite the hassle, but we had a good day. You know, went to a nice coffee shop, whatever. And, uh, you know, we get on the flight, made it back home, uh, had a horrible experience with Uber, of course. And um, <laughs> a couple days later, or I think the next day, I saw that downtown LA had a fucking earthquake nothing crazy and like nothing that split open the fucking land but they had an earthquake downtown LA 
the day after I slept there. And then I saw on the news that they started quarantining uh, certain airports or whatever for coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, as everyone knows, a couple days later, fucking Kobe's helicopter fucking went down. <laughs> so it was just like, not only did I feel uh, justified in some of my paranoia because my lady, thank, thank, thank the stars for her because uh, she keeps me in check a lot of the time and uh, my mind can go real far, but um, it's just very weird that all of those instances happened when I had inklings of some sort of thing because obviously everybody's everybody's rebuttal to like anything flight related they go well look at how many flights happen this these times a day or when's the last time you heard this or but i don't know if you guys remember like a couple a little bit about well shit in the earlier in the month you know there was that plane that got shot down over the ukraine and all these other things i was looking at you know facebook and it's crash here crash here crash. and i started getting nervous for the first time in my life because i'll be honest with you guys this is the first time in my life where i have something to lose you know i told my lady the same thing i'll tell everybody the same thing for many years i had a death wish you know a lot of people ask me why would you tour russia or eastern europe or whatever go to war zones like chechnya shit like that and whatever and uh i tell everybody that's like i have i had a death wish i had nothing to lose i'd rather die for music and um because honestly back then it did mean a lot more than it did mean now that it does mean now and uh I was willing to die for it. You know, I don't know if I ever talked about this. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But, you know, there was a time when we were in Russia and we drove, you know, to the left is this part and to the right is Chechnya. And they were telling me, like, while the driver's going, whatever, 80, 90 miles an hour, oh, uh, we have to be careful because sometimes there's mines on the road because on the right, is an active war zone and you know everybody was sleeping except for me when our tour manager made that announcement and part of me was just like fuck it i literally said that i was like fuck it and i whatever uh basically looked ahead and saw if as we we're going 90 miles an hour like oh uh that that could be a mine oh that could be a mine you know and uh, for the first time ever, I was kind of worried about, you know, anything bad happening because now I have so much to do and so much to live for. And uh, it would really suck to go down like that, like like Kobe or, you know, all these people um, getting sick with coronavirus and all this stuff. So, or even an earthquake, I was it's just very weird that I was that in tune to like things without being, um, involved 
you know? So, I don't know. Weird coincidence? What do you guys think? I don't know. But another thing that happened while I was kind of taking a little mental break from the podcast is that uh, the Grammys happened, and a lot of people seem to be riled up about it. And excuse me if I'm speaking out of turn here or if you guys are just so over it that you're like, oh my God, that was so last week. But I watched some of the performances from the Grammys and I'm not I'm not going to get into the usual shit everybody wants to argue about about the Grammys. But, uh, you know, I was following that drama, the the drummer drama that was happening with Aerosmith and how they uh, basically told their drummer to sit this one out and uh, they had their roadie, their uh, tech, yeah, that's the word, tech, fill in for the drummer of Aerosmith and I watched the performance and I was like, whoa. I was like, oh, Wow. And keep in mind, rock, heavy metal, whatever, we don't get a lot of chances in the public eye. Okay? Granted, Steven Tyler, I love Steven Tyler uh, when he's just Steven Tyler. Like, I heard that Joe Rogan, Steven Tyler uh, episode. I'll I'll watch some of his interviews. He's very interesting, almost as interesting as uh, David Lee Roth, which also recently has been kind of catching some heat uh, as far as his performance goes. But I was really disappointed to see that performance. It was very bizarre, very, very live, which is nice. But I think I think the Grammys did that shit on purpose, to be honest with you. I don't know. Maybe it's because Steven Tyler is a public figure and they're like, yeah, let's have him rock out. But that was just, dude, he was screaming. I The whole time I was like, what is he on now? He looked like he was fucking on a bunch of shit. You know, the performance was out of sync, out of tune. Uh, some of the guys looked pretty ghoulish. And again, I'm not very nitpicky but god damn it man we don't have many fucking opportunities to make a point and that was who they booked that's what that's who they had perform to represent us and i know a lot of people hate on five finger death punch and i don't have a problem with five finger death punch okay like i know some of those guys i've toured with those guys killer live band killer live band tool Killer live band. How many bands I can name right now? Fucking, how about Archspire? Fucking technical, they kill it. They're tight, tight, tight. And then you get a band like Aerosmith or whatever, and they give that performance and only furthers the industry's perception of, oh, these guys can't fucking play or look at this shit. It's crazy. Blah, 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 blah. Then you have everybody, you know, singing Little Nas X's praises and 
Lizzo's praises because she can play a flute or mime a flute. I don't know. I didn't really watch her performance because I'm not a, I do not like Lizzo at all. Just a personal preference. Don't like the music. But, you know, Lil Nas X, I like, right? Even that performance was sloppy, live, off key. I mean, Billy Ray looked like he was deer in headlights. But people were ramping that performance up like it was legendary. Oh, my God. Did you see Little Nas X? He killed Lizzo's flute solo was something to behold. And I'm I'm looking. I'm like, that was just as bad as the Aerosmith performance. No, nobody really did very well. I mean, I saw Billie Eilish's performance, and I, I love Billie Eilish, okay? I love her brother's album, Phineas. He was at Nam too. Phineas was at fucking Nam, and then he played the Grammys, you know, nonchalant, like a couple days later. And they killed it. Billie Eilish and her brother, as they normally do. Watch any of her performances. They're great. They're visually great. Audio, fucking perfect. You can tell you know, it has some life to it because everybody wants to make uh, a big deal about her vocal style. But there's, I mean, but you can tell she's singing. Whatever vocal, if it's quietly, cool. At least she's not fucking miming. And if she is, good on her. Okay? At least she can still fucking do it tight. But Another thing that happened because of this shit show of the Grammys is everybody started bitching about Billie Eilish winning X amount of awards, this and this and this. Why? Why do you care of that? Not only care, okay, but why are you so angry about this? Why? Honestly? Out of all the pop albums I hear, and a little fun fact for you guys, every Friday, I don't know if all of you guys do this, but I mean, comment comment on the podcast if you do, but every Friday, I roll through all Spotify, Bandcamp, and I look for shit that just came out that looks cool, so I look at the album cover first look at you know sales i say oh this is this is pretty hot or streams i'm like oh this this is this artist is getting a lot of plays i'll check it out i'll check out new shit whether if it's atmospheric funeral metal all the way to you know pop or russian pop or whatever and billy eilish is one of the few albums out of recently that i was just like this person is a pop star like a star like i'm sorry taylor swift can go fuck herself 10 ways to sunday i hate her i hate her music and i you know i've heard nothing but horrible stories about her as like a person and if that tarnishes my fucking standing in the industry i could give a shit I like real people who are, like I said, 
Devin Townsend. He's like huge in our community. Nice guy. Easy to work with, whatever. I hear nothing but good stories about Devin, along with some of the other masters in our genre. And, you know, I hear about Taylor Swift and all the people like her. And uh, I'm not impressed. So when I hear a Billie Eilish, I go, wow, this is actual music. It's not, you know, uh, a repetitive beat that's just looped. So a 15-second beat looped for the whole song with a couple of key changes, and then they call it a smash hit. Like, I, I, I heard a song the other day. It was like, uh, something pussy. And the first lyric was like, yeah, fuck me. This is, I'm like, I guess the art of seduction in songs or, you know, uh, subliminal messaging or whatever is gone, right? <laughs> because that's popular now, you know? fuck my pussy i'm like okay cool i feel weird listening to this but i'm gonna listen to it and i listen i'm like cool it's 15 seconds it's a 15 second loop throughout the whole song and then there's a random key change here and there and that's a smash single so i really respect what billy eilish is doing and i really i'm really happy that she won so many uh, awards. I'm also happy that Phineas won an award too, or many awards. I'm not sure what happened, but again, I've been pretty busy, you know, checking out other artists, working on this Slayer cover, working on the vinyl release, working on. You get my point. So it's it's kind of hard not to see your whole Facebook feed lined up with bitter metal people or bitter whoever bitching about oh well they don't even show metal the respect it deserves but they'll give this and this and this to Billie Eilish and whatever and it all comes around I mean you want respect for rock and roll book book a band that's solid like a five finger death punch right or a bad wolves or even fucking like nickelback whoever is rock or metal that is like commercial that's tight live which is most of them put them on the stage put people put artists like billy eilish on the stage you know what i mean people who are tried and true who can represent their genre so that nobody's sitting there fucking bitching about you know performance this or next time don't do this or this and this kind of like what i'm doing right now right but it really chapped my ass that a bunch of metal people were going after her and i i made a post you know uh it was a repost from typo negative one of my favorite bands uh they posted a picture of her in october where she's wearing like a rob zombie cradle of filth uh, typo negative like jersey is like a custom jersey which i fucking love and i wish i had it but you know i'm sure she knows what she's wearing right and if not i'm sure she knows rob zombie or whatever either way 
she's sitting there singing to like children and giving typo negative rob zombie cradle of filth crazy exposure with her just doing that if it's a joke if it's a fashion statement whatever the fuck it is metal should be rejoicing and holding her in high regard just as they do with you know whatever i think it was like selena gomez or whatever i don't know whoever was wearing like a slayer shirt or whatever the metal community should not be attacking people like that because guess what if we keep doing this and nitpicking about who listens to what and this and this and this no one's going to want to represent metal no one's going to want to be associated with metal and guess what rappers and pop stars and whatever they're the new rock stars because metalheads are so scared to tread certain waters that will lose credibility so to speak credibility for what holding you know the most brutal breakdown of this who cares fucking be happy that someone's you know bolstering typo negative maybe some kid in that crowd is gonna go oh my god i love billy eilish she's my favorite uh i I love her fashion i want to get that shirt oh what is typo negative let me see oh it's dark depressing brooding kind of like billy eilish maybe i'll listen to this when i'm feeling aggro it's like billy eilish whispers right peter Steele kind of whispered or had like a real deep range what's the difference what she looks prettier so we have to hate her come on man enough enough and i read some article uh i think from metal some metal site and they had this whole thing is rock dead rock is rock dead is rock dead is rock dead is rock dead it's all i hear now it's like no motherfucker rock is not dead and i'm not talking just about this site i'm talking all the people that took that article and used it as a launching point for their ideas on the state of things. But guess what? They're not doing anything to contribute to rocks or metals, uh, longevity, livelihood. Everyone's just saying, oh, it's dead. It's dead. Might as well do this or might as well uh, follow this or It's just drawing a bigger divide that doesn't need to be there. Rock is not dead. It will never be dead. People are just expecting too much out of rock. Does that make sense to you guys? I think people need to chill on the whole like, oh, this band isn't very commercial. Uh, Same thing with Nam. You know, I could have been, or shit. Let's just say, you know, Devin Townsend, the way he was dressed, he kind of like had this kind of real chill, I don't know, kind of looked like a, like just kind of looked like a nomad, you know, he had like a, 
fucking military bag, military water bottle. You know, he had his hat on, fucking baggy, whatever. It's like, if you were to look at him, you would not know all the things that he has done with his career and whatever. And the industry sits there or the people, let's just say the Grammys or the Academy sits there and goes, Ooh, um, yeah, he's not uh, rock star material. It's like, but have you heard his music? He is a rock star. It's like, he doesn't have to have fucking purple dreadlocks or, you know, oversized, uh, fucking, animals on stage or miming this and this he is who he is and we accept him for that right we don't expect him to fucking you know start wearing tap out and fucking affliction and whatever we we respect him and expect him to be who he is as he is Yet, he is a major voice in the rock community. I don't know why people expect our community to be like Little Nas X and fucking Aerosmith and shit like that. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's these people who publish these articles or whatever trying to wiggle their way into the mainstream because obviously if you post the thing saying rock is dead maybe a prominent uh rap artist or a prominent singer or country guy they're gonna read that and they go oh it's not looking too good for rock uh but i'm gonna take the best part about rock and use it in my stuff because we're on the up and up now we're the rock stars now since apparently rock is dying since it's coming from their community's mouth. So I'll take the best parts about rock and use it in my stuff. So that does further the agenda that rock is dying because all of our best qualities are being taken by other genres because we're okay with shitting the bed, apparently. We're okay with being buried by the times. You know? I'm not okay with that. And a lot of you might be saying, oh, well, you have a podcast, or you're going to do this, or you guys will see me pivoting a little bit, and you'll be wondering, what's the deal? And I'll tell you this. Uh, the music is so important to me that I am willing to adapt to survive in this industry and adopting certain practices, viewpoints, whatever. But here's the thing. I'm doing these things while also trying to maintain the integrity of my art as a whole. Everything I do is for the music, even this podcast. I try and show myself uh, a little bit better than I do on a fucking post or 
if you're asking me questions directly on Messenger. This is better. I'd rather talk to you like this. And soon, you guys will have even more access to me as a person. Why am I doing this? Because I want the music to live on. I don't want to die off in the ways of the old school. And granted, some of those articles might be their olive branch to a lot of people like me as a wake-up call. But they, most of the people, they usually supplement the article with their own opinion, and usually the opinion is very negative and very dismissive of the current state of things. So my advice to the rock world, the metal world, is it's it's cool to hold on to the old school and the old ways of doing things, but because I love so many of these bands and my own music, I don't want to see us die off because we're so ignorant in holding on to the old ways that we all die off because we can't adapt to the new way of things. You know, perfect example, I made CDs, Temet Nose, not selling that great. Streams, great. Pestilence, I still have copies of Pestilence. I should have learned my lesson, but I was clinging to the old ways of doing things. CDs, oh, people want CDs. People like to appreciate the art, this and this and this. I lost so much money printing CDs for you guys, and I still have, you know, CDs. Born of Ishtar at the time, 2013, everybody was buying CDs. I wish somebody would have told me, hey, dude, it's over. Try something else. Perfect example. Vinyls are very hot right now. And I cannot afford another loss. I cannot afford to keep losing. And thus, I'm printing vinyls. Oddly enough, vinyls are old school. So that's good for me and it's good for metal. But what happens next? What are you guys going to do on the next step? Everybody's still clinging to CDs you're probably going to die off in the next wave. I don't want to die off. I'm here to stay. Hence why I keep hammering the thought to you guys. If you guys are with me, stick with me. Because you're not going to see anybody like me. And that's a fucking promise. So if you like the way I talk, you like the way I think, and most of all, you like the music I make, fucking stick with me. And you'll see where I'm heading towards. And then now that you've heard this podcast, you will understand the decisions I make and the moves that I'll be making. And you will hopefully see it as uh, contributing to the art. Most of all. Most of all. Because honestly, this podcast, I, oh my God, I've said honestly like fucking 20 times. Honestly, this podcast is not only, you know, uh, storytelling, occult 
tidbits or this and this and this and this. I've said that so many times today. Sorry for that. But it all comes around to this one quote that I posted uh, after Nam uh, by the philosopher Lucretius. Okay. It says, the generations of living things pass in a short time and like runners hand on the torch of life. I posted that quote and uh, not a lot of people responded to that, which is totally cool. But it meant a lot to me, especially after Nam. And what it means to me is that what are you passing on to the next generation? I could die today uh, on the way to this other podcast I'm recording today. Um, doing two podcasts in one day. I feel like Joe Rogan. Thank you. But what am I passing on to the next generation? Music is music. And guess what? Music gets deleted sometimes. That doesn't last forever, unfortunately. They used to when CDs were around and cassettes and they're still around. I know, I know, relax. But what happens when there are no more CD players? What? Streams? Cool. What happens if the internet gets taken down? What happens if I'm gone and Bandcamp gets taken down? What happens? Is that going to live forever? It's going to live forever to the people who heard us and listened to the message and listened to my message that I sing about in all these songs. And if you don't get it, that's okay. I write these songs purposefully to be uh, write these songs archaic on purpose because I want the language to be not only true to the language itself. I love, I love, 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 love using old language or old tongue when writing because I, I mean, like I said earlier in this podcast, you know, I'm listening to a song, fuck this pussy. I'm like, okay, cool. That's beautiful. You, know, you have this beautiful woman uh, singing over this 15-second beautiful beat. And, you know, I hear that. I'm like, come on, man. This is This is what people listen to now. And I sound like an old fuck, but even in death metal, man, like even in death metal, the imagery... It's, I mean, it's a little bit extreme, but at least it paints a picture with words. It's not so direct, you know, makes you think a little bit, fantasize a little bit, you know, everything now is right here, right now, 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 here's the song. Now you got the idea, blah, 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 blah. And it's just kind of a bummer. So, uh, you know, I asked you guys, uh, what are you passing on to the next generation? Because I'm curious. You know, because right now all I see is just an idea. Everybody fucking goes to the idea like fucking sperm to an egg. And uh, maybe one person will take that and say, no, it's this this way. Thus, thus Bert's another idea and everybody fucking goes to that and blah 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 and then it dies shortly after 
So what in the long haul are you contributing to society or to the next generation? I don't know. I'm I'm making my contributions, so hopefully you guys are making yours. I know I've talked quite a bit and we're pretty late into the podcast, so I think on that note I'm going to head over to some questions. Questions, questions. As always, guys, please submit your questions. Uh, Every week I ask uh, my socials for some help. Or I ask you guys if you have any burning questions. Because if you guys are DMing me questions, uh, I'll just give you like a a short answer, to be honest with you. Because a lot of the times... I'm trying really hard to concentrate on being an artist versus a social media guy, which is damn near impossible. So usually when I get questions, I'm just kind of like recording or doing something. I'm like, fuck, I don't have time to do this. So ask your questions and say, you know, I've got a question for the podcast or when you see me ask, fucking respond and I'll answer in a nice way, you know, what you guys are wondering about. So this week, uh, out of both weeks, I've collected at least two questions that I thought were really good for the podcast. Uh, the first one comes from the Pied Piper of Crete, Mr. Al Slager, one of my closest friends. Uh, he simply asked any cool products from Nam that you are interested in or anything cool at Nam. And to quickly answer that question, uh, I saw a bunch of new guitars from ESP that I really, really had my eye on and that I really, really want to get my hands on. Uh, Other than that, uh, another cool thing I saw was this um, power amp from Seymour Duncan. That was really cool. It's a brand new version of their power stage i think it's called might be the 200 or 250 i'm not sure uh, it's power amp also has uh cab impulses built in which would be really good for me being that uh sometimes uh, my back to be honest with you and i don't have a tech anymore um unless anybody wants to uh volunteer but you know my back can't handle loading cabs uh from my little studio to let alone the car or van or trailer all the way to let's say a venue especially a venue with stairs fuck that so a lot of the time i like to just go direct into my line six helix and uh, it has some impulses on there but it would be really cool <clears throat> just to run it from the power ramp so other than that i saw a bunch of stuff and to be honest with you it's kind of overkill like on my senses but the biggest thing i was excited about was uh universal audios uh luna recording software so it's a new daw i'm really excited to see where that goes i'm hoping uh maybe it'll be a contender against uh, cubase or pro tools or even reaper um they had a beautiful display a lot of hype around it not to mention Universal Audio is a great company. 
at least from the outside looking in, um, any people that have any experience with them, feel free to drop a line and uh, let me know your thoughts. But honestly, that was for me being kind of like an audio nerd, you know, uh, hobbyist. Uh, I was really excited to see a new DAW come out and all the hype around it was really fun. They had like a, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. If you guys want to see, check it out on YouTube. Uh, check out Luna Nam 2020 or Luna DAW, D-A-W. And I'm sure you'll see a bunch of stuff on that. But again, nothing too crazy. Uh, coolest, one of the cooler... I guess displays I saw was the uh, Fender. Wow, what's his name? George Harrison guitar from the Beatles. Uh, I'm guessing it's a reissue of some sort, but they had a really cool display that uh, was really, really trippy or groovy, man. Um, but yeah, that's my answer to your question, Al. And the second and last question for this week, and I'll be able to wrap this up. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, um, it says from Joshua James Ludley, our buddy from, uh, I don't want to get his band name wrong. I know it's Dark Agenda. I just want to make sure. God, this is not working. Sorry, guys. This is not like the Joe Rogan podcast where I have a Jamie to uh, look these things up. I, I'm just trying to give people the 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 shout out that they deserve. So, oh, apparently he. I think he de deactivated his Facebook. So I don't even think he's listening to this. Or maybe he is. Yeah, it's Dark Agenda. I should have just looked on the band page. Do we? Um, he asks, Dark Agenda from Iowa, by the way. Check them out, guys. Uh, really cool guys. Good band. And holding it down for Iowa. So shout out to them. Uh, you don't see a lot of bands. I mean, Doppelganger is really solid from Iowa too. Uh, but Josh is really holding it down for like Iowa city and others. So shout out to you, man. Uh, he says, what are your thoughts on metal elitists? Uh, that's kind of what I talked about on the podcast. Metal elitists. Um, they, I mean, go fuck yourselves. To be like, sorry, but go fuck yourselves. <laughs> uh, I know I'm, I'm like thinking right now, like I shouldn't have said that. But honestly, dude, if you're going to sit here and let me, let me explain this a little bit better. There's a couple black metal forums that are so elitist that if you post about certain black metal bands you will get your posts taken down or you'll be made fun of or you'll be banned 
because those bands are a little bit more popular or whatever. Perfect example, um, there's one black metal group on Facebook and it's like, you can't post about like Immortal or Behemoth and shit like that because they're too known, too popular, too mainstream. And it's just like, are you serious, dude? Really? I'm going to use a quote from Detroit Rock City to explain this to you guys easier, okay? And this is why I say, go fuck yourself to metal elitists. Good tunes are good tunes. Okay? I'll give it to any band that I don't like. If they release a song I'm digging, I'll fucking listen to it. I'll support them. Even better, if the album coming later, if there's a bunch of songs I like, I'll actually be like, all right, I'm actually a fan of this band. Because by definition, that's what I would be. But to say that, you know, I don't like this band off the get-go because they're too popular or too whatever, I would be missing out on a bunch of really good music because of my closed-mindedness. Which, unfortunately, is the plight of our community. We're so wrapped up in this fantasy that we've closed off all doors to any, you know, new, whatever, prospects of bands or whatever. And Serpents is a victim of such things. And that's why I have such a harsh stance against metal elitists because a lot of people look at my past, you know, in deathcore or hardcore even or metalcore or whatever. And they'll immediately write Serpents off because, you know, I was doing this band and this band and that's not true, true black metal. That's not cult. Even death metal people, it's like, if it's not slamming brutal death, blah, 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 I don't want to hear it. It's like, seriously? Nothing? You guys don't listen to anything else? I listen to fucking slam bands. I listened to it when I was a teenager. Before you even fucking got into it, motherfucker. But, at the same time, I was listening to, you know, Andy McKee, or fucking Prince, or whatever, dude. Whatever. You know? Fucking Future, Drake, whatever. Because there's aspects of those artists that I'm like, hey, this resonates with me. But to say, no fucking way, nah, man. That's not how you live life. And if that's the way you live life, when it's time, when it's your final time, when you're almost when you're about to die, you're gonna go, man. I really wish I would have tasted a little bit more out of life. Cause probably if you're a metal elitist, you're probably the same kind of person that doesn't like uh certain vegetables, uh or certain you know, you know, I'm just making fun. But 
you guys get the point. And if you're a metal elitist, granted, I said what I said, but come on, man. You know? Don't go fuck yourself. How about that as a pull quote? Metal elitists, don't go fuck yourself. Come, come to us. Join the fucking rest of the world so that we all together can rise up. Not above and beyond, you know, the rich and famous, but let's just fucking, let's try and rub shoulders with these people, right? Why not? Fucking, how many bands have you seen alone, Mr. Metal Elitist or Mrs. Metal Elitist, that their performances are flawless? You know, I said Archspire earlier. I saw them not that long ago, and it's technical as fuck, but they were tight beyond belief. Wouldn't you love to see them on the world stage or a band like that on the world stage? I would. But we're not going to get there if you're still sticking to your guns and holding on to something that isn't even worth holding on to. Variety is the spice of life, my friends. This is why I'm a hedonist. Okay? This is why I've always liked to taste a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's gotten me very far in life. Further than I can even talk about on this podcast. Out of sheer respect. So, don't respond to this. Don't comment. Don't bitch and moan about what I said. Just take a moment and try and take it in. I know your first instinct is going to be get on your keyboard or start swiping on your phone to fucking comment something nasty or whatever. I mean, by all means, go right ahead. But as a human, as a metalhead, as a musician, and someone who has experience professionally in this field, just take take what I said into consideration. It'll all make sense soon enough, I am sure if everything (laughs) goes the way it's going. So, again, I don't mean to offend you when I said go fuck yourself, but at the same time, go fuck yourself with new music. Huh? Huh? See? You see what I did there? All right, I think I'm starting to get loopy, and again, I'm going to be doing... uh, the nothings for no one podcast very shortly with uh, Jason from Warforged and Bill Fay uh, from WTF customs. So I have a lot to say today and uh, I hope I have enough energy for those guys. Stay tuned uh, on our socials to see when that episode airs. Uh, not only do I want you guys to support this podcast by listening rating and subscribing to it as i said earlier but check their podcast out as well this week and uh well obviously and beyond i mean how many metal podcasts are there you know support them and like i said earlier 
big news coming tomorrow and this week for serpents. So, you know, head to weareserpents.bandcamp.com for the vinyl pre-order CDs. Please, God, fucking just buy off these CDs and merch. Um, follow us on Spotify at Serpents US. Uh, follow us on Facebook at We Are Serpents. Uh, follow us on Twitter at We Are Serpents. Follow us on Instagram at Serpents Metal. And if you're just fucking overwhelmed and over it, just go to WeAreSerpents.com and you will find all things Serpents and Andrew McHale related at uh, some juncture of that time. So that's about it for the podcast. This week's featured band is Serpents because we have our pre-order uh, going live tomorrow. So we're going to take you back to 2013 to a track that a lot of you probably already know and love as that's what I hear. So without further ado, check out the Herald of Heresy off of the Born of Ishtar, reimagined, director's cut, reissue, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, album. And this track will be on the vinyl as well. So enjoy it. And I'll see you guys for sure next week.